Dofer, and this is Kate Richards-Geller. And uh, we're excited to be here with you today. Um, I'll be back and forth sharing some slides with you all. Um, so I'm going to jump into the next slide and you'll, but I wanted you to get a close up of our faces. And so um, this two part training is uh, going to be called Sound, Mind and Body. And we're very proud of that image. We created it custom for you all. <laughs> with our basic graphic design skills. And um, we wanted to acknowledge that you may be coming from another workspace right now. You may be just in between from, from you know, how Zoom world goes from hour to hour to hour. So we're going to ask that we take a moment um, to warm up the whole two hours together uh, with a little bit of creating the space through breath. Um, we encourage you all to feel comfortable turning your cameras on if you're um, in a space where you'd like to create that level of community, but also you're welcome to keep your cameras off if you, um, for accessibility reasons or have other obstacles and or comfort levels, um, but we'd love to see your smiling faces. In the meantime, we're going to lead us all through a couple exercises and we're just um, going to uh, invite you all to be doing this exercises with us. And all of these exercises um, are all music-centered engagements that you can use for yourself or for your clients and the people that you work with. Um, so this first one that we're gonna just use as a warm-up to create the space, uh, I like to call it the power of sigh. And so I'm gonna ask if we can all take a nice big sigh. So go ahead and breathe in with me. And then sigh it out. <sighs> and we're going to do one more. And just for fun, I wanted to say if you, any of you are feeling excited about just being in the space virtually together, feel free to open your mics. And, and I love it when we can hear the room sigh a little bit and all the sighs in the room and the different many sighs. So if you'd like to sigh with your mic open, I invite you to unmute for this next sigh and feel free to enter it into the space. So I'll breathe us together. You ready? Here we come, breathing in a nice big breath in and then sigh it out, let it be heard. <sighs> Very nice. I have a question now that I'm gonna ask. What emotion is in a sigh? I see we have relief and release. This is a response, see Robert Frost's The Road Not Taken. Love that. If you're not in the space where you're able to share in the chat or you're able to respond with the, the mic, then I'm gonna ask that we take a moment to write down where we are, wherever we are. If you have a piece of paper next to you, engage in the activity too with a space next to you, just writing that piece of paper, what is the emotion that you've got in that side? Or, if I don't have a paper and pen, sometimes I like to trace my, my word into the back of my hand with my finger. So um, I see relief, I see release. And then I'm gonna ask the, the, the question too, that um, what emotion was in the sigh that you just took, the one that we just took together? So let's take another sigh together again and see what we have going on here, okay? So taking a nice big breath in, I'm gonna count for four counts in. And then we're gonna sigh. And again, I totally invite you to open your mics and sigh out loud to hear the room sigh, I love that. 
Oh, I love this. Here we go. Hopefulness, anticipation. Thank you. Keep those responses coming. And for now, here's the next sigh, breathing in. And then sigh. Good. Can we do one more of those? Breathing in. Here goes. Hold it just a little bit at the top and sigh. I'm going to use the music now to count so you can see there's one, two, three, four, one, two, three, and we can use the music to trace our sigh, the counting of our sigh. So go ahead, breathe in, one, two, breathe a little bit more, and sigh. Ah. And if you have more than one, you keep bringing those in. Ready? I'm gonna ask you to breathe in four counts and then sigh out for four counts. Let me see this one. And breathing in, a little bit more, and sigh. Very nice. So this is an engagement that we've done with many of our clients of our programs. It allows to transition from whatever is happening in the space that you're at or in the day that you had before to just being present, mindful, intentional. Look at these different emotions that were named here. I'm gonna name some of my own. I'm gonna name grief, anxiety, concern. For me, I find that any emotion can be in a sigh. And that is the point. The sigh is whatever emotion you need it to be. The sigh literally says, take what you need, right? That's what the power of a sigh is. Tiredness and loss. Thank you, Daisy. So now use this sigh and take what you need. It could be one of the emotions that was named it could be emotion that you can't quite explain. Let's try to breathe in for four. And when you sigh, I want you this time to sigh with your lips closed and on the voice. Hmm. Also known as a hum. Breathe in for four. One, two, three, four, and hum. Hmm. Good. Breathe in for four again, right here. Breathing in. And hum again. Now this time, that hum, because a sigh kind of always slides down, I'm gonna challenge us to hold a sigh, hold a hum in just one moment, holding onto it, letting it spin in just one place in your voice. Constant pain. Thank you, Martin. Appreciate that. So breathing in for four. And just hold the hum in one place. And then you can let it go at the end. Let's try to do that one more time. The first time we get a little shy, so the second time we get to shake it out. <laughs> breathing in. And hold it. Mm -hmm. 
doesn't matter what note it is, what sound it is, it doesn't have to match anything. You have the safety of the Zoom around you, meaning that you're muted, so we can't hear you. <laughs> so just enjoy vibration, let it vibrate. And then now, the next time I'm gonna ask you to breathe in, and then I'm gonna ask you to hold that hum, hold that sigh, and see how these emotions might be changing. Did you start from one emotion? Does it move to a new emotion? And then I want to ask if you just keep humming, keep sighing, and just take a breath when you need to just come back in. And I'm gonna let that go for about 20 seconds. Are you ready? Breathing in. Hum. Come in, breathe in when you need to and come back in. Um, don't worry about the time. And if you feel it's brave and you're feeling encouraged, you can open your mic and fill the room with hums, with sighs. Feel free to sigh with me. The notes don't matter. Ready? Mm. pick another another place to hold the side you can pick a starting point of the side and an ending point the two pitches like this ready Sigh however you're comfortable. And sigh. <sighs> the power of sigh is also the way into singing and the way into music with your vibration. And speaking of the fact that you all just sang by humming with us, I'm going to pass it over to Kate to take us into the next half of this warm up. Thank you, Liav. And uh, it's also this sigh, the breath, the humming, the tone, it gives us a, a little bit of a space, a little bit of a moment to little self assessment, little checking in, uh, maybe creating a bit of a mood monitor. Uh, when we talk about mood monitors <clears throat> for ourselves or mood meters uh, in the groups that we do, we're typically asking for a level of feeling of connectedness. Okay, so not so much are you happy or sad, but what's your level of connection right now? So I want to invite you to check in right now through the sigh, through the humming, through the breath. What where where are we right now? Where are you uh, feeling in in terms of connectedness? With with ten being very connected to uh, the mind, the body that's that you're in right now, and also beginning to think about the folks that are in the room with us, uh, thinking about the 
levels of, of connectedness with the physical sensation, the activity level of the mind, the emotions, and again, the social. So just uh, for yourself right now or, or in the chat, give, mm -hmm. if you want to give it a number or a color, uh, with 10 being the most connected and, and one being um, uh, feeling disconnected, just, just checking in with yourself there uh, to see how that is. And then from the breath and the sigh and the humming, uh, an another music um, music centered engagement this is a, a, a new term for us we we came up with it with your team um, I'd like to go to uh, chant so chant can be something that is very very simple this one is a little bit lullaby-ish uh, it's it's um, a little bit taking regular language or poetry and giving it a simple melody and repeating. And this one is, uh, let it blow through, let it blow through, open up the windows of your soul and let it blow through. This is a chant by Maggie Wheeler, a Golden Bridge Community Choir. And I woke up this morning thinking about you all today and doing this together. And this is the song that came through. So try it with me. Let it blow through. Let it blow through. Open up the windows of your soul and let it blow through again let it blow through let it blow through open up the windows of your soul and let it blow through now ways that you can engage with a chant like this are just to receive it and listen and receive it as a as a gift uh, you might receive it as an invitation an invocation a, a wave of please join me and you might hum along with or you might sing along the words as well and in 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 keeping the continuity the flow from what we started with leov we might put one hand um maybe around the heart area and maybe one hand down around the belly and see if you can feel the vibration of the voice in the body uh, singing this. Let it blow through, let it blow through, open up the windows of your soul and let it blow through one more time like that let it blow through let it blow through open up the windows of your soul and let it blow through and one other way one other way we'll be talking about music-centered engagement ideas with you uh, 
all, all during this this session. And so one other way you can play with something like this is to change one word. Own it, make it your own word. So for this one, for instance, let's change the word soul. And again, checking in, is there any part of the body that would welcome being opened up and blown through? <laughs> uh, my, I'm going to choose uh, my mind right now uh, and see if the imagery and the melody of the, and the breathing of the song can help me to open up the windows of my mind and, and clear that just a little bit. So for yourself, uh, you, you can write it in the chat or you can just know it and try it out. Pick, pick a word, a word that you would like to, to insert there. Right, I'm going to put in the chat, I'm going to write mind. And then uh, and decide what word that is. And now let's go through it again and we'll go through, uh, sing it twice. Let it blow through, let it blow through, open up the windows of your mind and let it blow through, and insert your word there, let it blow through, let it blow through, open up the windows of your mind and let it blow through. Now I'm going to try Leob's on. Let it blow through. Let it blow through. Open up the windows of your love and let it blow through. Yeah. And now let's go through one more time just humming. And pause. Notice what you notice. Noticing the body, physical sensations. Noticing the activity level of the mind. Noticing emotions. Noticing a social connectedness between us all here in the Zoom room, or perhaps you're in a room with other people. So there's, a, there's an opportunity uh, to try on, that was an opportunity to try on two music-centered engagement techniques, the power of the sigh and chant. Um, I think we can mention too, Liav, uh, you see at the bottom of this slide, S-E-L. Um, this stands for Social Emotional Learning, and we're going to be talking about that in just a moment.
Well, in the meantime, um, we wanted to take a moment to introduce ourselves. Um, this uh, trainings that you've signed up for, you know, you've got Kate and I, and I'll give a little bit of my background and I'll let Kate give a little bit of hers as well. Kate and I have met through the context of a project that we both work together closely on called Urban Voices Project. And Urban Voices Project is a nonprofit and it started as a community choir in Skid Row, Los Angeles. And we focus on working with all individuals um, surviving homelessness. And so the work that we do came from not only just music, but also the different pillars of how we work. Our co-founder, Christopher Mack, an outreach worker in Skid Row with a health clinic, JWCH, for many years, combined with my background as a music teacher and facilitator educator from the Colburn School, which is a conservatory um, across from Disney Concert Hall, another part of my background. And also I teach um, focusing on a lot of social emotional learning in the classroom with uh, the Los Angeles County Office of Education as well, LACO. And um, then Kate brought in, and she'll tell you more from her music therapy background and that pillar, those three legs of outreach, music education, and music therapy work to create what is now our therapeutic music programs, um, which we'll discuss the distinguished difference between the two later. Um, and then that's how we created Urban Voices Project together. But as you have kind of hearing, uh, Kate and I have our practices um, that we are so even though that's the space that we met and we've gotten to play and work together, we now are able to play and work together in other constructs as well. Um, working in mental health, working in um, the classrooms, um, as well as you heard in the education world. And so we're here excited to pull from all of these different worlds. Another little thing just about me is um, another big part of my life is cultural music and uh, my culture is Jewish heritage music. So I have a project called Mostly Kosher. Um, that's another big part of my life where I kind of bring and revive old traditional cultural music of the Jewish diaspora. And um, I've been very lucky to be a performing artist all over LA and to tour and even internationally. Um, I'm lucky that some of my programs have been able to direct programs at Disneyland parks, sh uh, shows and musicals and um, directing choirs as well. And uh, the last thing you should know about me is that um, I uh, have continued to make up my life as a pieces of all of these pieces still, still today. So Urban Voices, being faculty at the Colburn School, teaching artists for the Los Angeles County Office of Education, and even the Cultural Heritage Music all continue to be a part of my regular uh, life. So that's me, a little bit more about who I am. And you'll see me pulling in much more from to these trainings, my experience on the street with education side um, of this work, the social emotional learning side of the work, the work that I've experienced on the streets in Skid Row and that work. And so that's going to inform a lot of where I come from today in working with our music centered engagement and uh, sound body and mind. Yeah, so my name, my name is again, Kate Richards Geller. And uh, sometimes I go just by Kate Richards. Um, but today, uh, today, I'm, I'm coming through to you with a lot of experience. I was thinking this morning about it. And 
1995 is when I started this journey um, towards music therapy uh, at NYU in, um, in New York and did my master's degree. Prior to that, I was a singer and songwriter. I was in a band. Um, I was an English major. Uh, I did a lot of uh, volunteer work and a lot of um, really caring about people in, in recovery areas and um, circles and, and um, group therapy and things like that. But I was more participant and co-facilitator. And then I went to NYU and I learned, um, I took a two-year master's degree and did, uh, <clears throat> did a lot of other prerequisites during those two years. And then um, I started working very much focused in, in medical settings. I worked with children um, with cancer and, and blood disorders. I worked um, then uh, with older adults uh, with, with memory challenges and mental health problems. I worked in schools, therapeutic preschools. And, um, and so through the, through the music therapy career, most of which was in New York, uh, New York City, um, I did lots and lots of things that were very much about improving quality of life and being curious about what do we have within our own selves without any other instruments, without anything else, what do we have that can create music, that can make music? Um, and in that way, we can do it for ourselves and with each other in our relationships and then in, lar in the larger scheme of things in community. Um, so, so I started very much focusing on the voice as uh, the primary instrument in the body. And uh, so those were those those that's some of the background. Medical music therapy was very, very much part of my work. And every I started to see uh, and approach every situation and looking for a musical solution. So you'll hear that throughout all the things that I talk about. Um, I also got very interested. I have gotten over the years very interested in neuroscience and how the mind and the body uh, interact and really inform each other. So the idea that music therapy itself is very specifically using music and all of the different elements of music within a therapeutic relationship to work on non-musical goals. And people train very specifically, either undergrad or in master's programs and PhD programs, doctoral programs, to um, to learn the the skills and the nuances of creating relationships through music and then changing. So we'll talk a little bit about um, about that as well. And, and music therapy offers us so many uh, resources and research uh, studies that, that can validate things that we know and we see all the time. So that, that's been a, a big part of my life. And I also um, really love uh, to play in music. So I, I like to do vocal improvisation uh, and someone recently said that I was not a vocal improviser, I was a vocal improvisationalist uh, because we really create language, we make stuff up, you know, we just make stuff up together just based on very simple musical principles that everyone can do. So that's a big part of the joy in my life is, is making music with other people. Um, and it's been wonderful <clears throat> to take all of that and apply it to the sector of homelessness, 
and health um, and the arts with Urban Voices Project. So it's been a real joy uh, to work together with Leof and Christopher uh, at Urban Voices Project. So I think that's all I want to say right now. Uh, maybe one more thing that I've been also starting this year during COVID was a uh, something called in Inspired Music Play, which is very specifically looking at um, how do we work with children and play with children in those first five to six years of their lives and working together with with families uh, to make sure that those those the youngest in our uh, in our world uh, get the stimulation, the play, the uh, ways that the brain development uh, and the ways that music can assist in brain development are is is just stunning. So I've started collaborating with other early childhood music specialists um, to be talking about that and creating opportunities for that to happen more often. So. Um, that, that feeds into my heart and things I wanted to share with you. So again, we're asking, what's the two roles that you play? One might be your more of the formal role and one might be the other role that you find yourself playing in mm -hmm. your uh, social circle, your family circle, or your just the culture around you in your workspace. Caretaker, fiance, listener, I love this. And it doesn't have to be stuck to one. If there's a couple yep. other ones that really speak to you, don't feel like this whole two thing is a boundary either. It's true. I cannot be limited by only two roles. <laughs> and neither can, can any of us, right? <laughs> this is great. This is really great. Thank Cinderella. you. Cinderella. Wow. Oh, I love that one. Yes, social butterfly and house DJ. All right, here we go. Linda, we need to be friends. <laughs> um, I know... I know a lot of those. Um, jazz aficionado, self-healer through music. Bring, mm, to bring into my medicine. Um, this is great. I'm so enjoying hearing and listening and reading your guys's, um, your guys's roles. Beach goer. I love how they always think of artists as the dreamer of dreams. Mm. So I appreciate that, Veronica. Thank you. Um, you know, so we're, we're going to ask a couple questions to go and continue diving into. Um, but as we open up discussions and questions and conversation, this is one of our slides from Urban Voices Project uh, that we created with our members of the Skid Row community to help us open space to, to share with each other and, you know, sometimes talk more about ourselves. And we want to remind everyone that we want to hold these same kind of agreements even in this space. So this is the logo of Urban Voices Project. Uh, I'm the artistic director. Kate is the music wellness and managing director. Um, but, you know, as you can see, they're tied to music, but they're also very much something you can hold in any space. Listen louder than you sing, that everyone can be heard. Sing with your, sing own, with your own voice. Speak with your own experience. Without feeling rushed say just enough no need to mentally rehearse affirm each other the first move into community is showing up keep it here share with permission so i hope you guys enjoy those this will be on the slideshow if you want to use and steal all some of these are stolen so that's it's the best form of flattery i'm um, just <laughs> yeah, we 
We have so many things to share with you today, and and, and not that you need to remember them all or 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 re, or even resonate with all of them. But but one of them is that we've recently begun to um, work on a restorative approaches, uh, and 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 this this came from that that background that um, experience that training. So bringing um, bringing a sense of of conflict management and harm reduction and ways that we can create compassionate community, learning to listen differently with each other and open spaces where people feel welcome and able to participate on whatever level that they are. So we were, we're sharing that and modeling for you, you know, that part which has really made an, an, a huge impact in our community. Normally what we would do is we even have the community, if you're ever working in group settings, which I'm not sure how many, I'm seeing we have different social workers, peer counselors, caseworkers. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. We definitely invite a popcorn uh, of reading these at the beginning of every session. So we show it and then we have, and, then, and lately in this Zoom world, we've asked people to open the mic and then switch off and we don't even facilitate, we don't pass it on. We just say, just listen to the room, open your mic, and if two people start the same one at the same time, I, we say, great, it's a duet. In this space and in this community, what we're hoping to do with both this week and next week is to continue exploring how it all affects the, the mind and body and continue doing more engagements with you all. Um, music-centered engagements and even this last one that we just did, that's a music-centered engagement. Sometimes you can use words that's normally just a community social space engagement and just bring <laughs> art into it. If you do your own community agreements with your clients, you can have them bring in their art and their language. So so some of like the listen louder than you sing so that everyone can be heard, that came out from, like Kate said, the practice with our members. They. Listen louder than you sing is something that we've that is written written in the past decades ago. But then they so that everyone can be heard was the little addendum that our choir members added. Um, sing with your own voice. Speak from your own experience. Again, that was just the little tweak that made it the arts access point. And all of a sudden, it feels like it's empowering the artistry within everyone, whether they identify as an artist or not. It just brings those elements in. So I just. Um, wanted to just mention that we just did a, an engagement right there. Today is going to be more focused on engagements. We'll be focused on appreciation and listening. Um, and next week we'll go dive deeper with more of like playing with the music and expressing and music making. Um, Kate, anything to add before I go to the, to the, the next questions? I think that that's all for, for now and setting us up for the next Next um, phase, again, we're gonna, the next piece is gonna be continuing a little bit to learn more about you. Um, and then we're gonna go into some uh, uh, evidence-based practices that, that, that go be, that uphold, that uphold, you know, and go uh, structure some of these ideas. And then again, bringing music in and how music applies to all of these things. And then we'll do some more music-centered uh, engagement activities. Beautiful. So a little more about you. So we have some questions we'd like to ask, and these questions are for the chat box. They're also for us to just discuss. And of course, I'm clicking and no questions. There we go. <laughs> so the first questions are, are questions for you to take with you. Think about what do you notice is different about the way you listen to music and how you listen in a conversation? What do you ever play music to change or match your mood? 
And these are questions that can be used for you as the provider for now for this workshop. And you're welcome to steal these and use them <laughs> to work with your clients. Have you ever listened to music with a client or listened to music for yourself? Has a song ever come to mind when you're listening to a client's story or thinking of your own story? See how you could change these around and wondered how to work with that. So these are access point questions. These are true entry points to where does music play its role, even in just listening and appreciation. Kate, anything you want to add um, before we go to the poll questions? I suppose uh, part of it for me is that these are questions that are ongoing. There, there's not a right or a wrong answer to them, and there are, there are questions to ponder over time. And, and for instance, the first question is, you may, you may wonder what that means right now, but then for the next week, we're inviting you to, to notice the difference between listening to a person, a, a conversation and listening um, to music and um, starting to notice behavior of, oh, you know what, I'm in this mood, I want to either enhance it or I want to change it and I'm going to put on this music or change the, the station or switch, you know, uh, switch, switch it up, noticing when we do that and what the impact is. We're going to utilize Zoom poll. So um, uh, Jean, I will go ahead and hit the relaunch button here. Oh, you did it. Great. So how do you personally, everyone, this is for this will really be helpful for Kate and I as we go through the rest of the today and then and into next week. Um, how do you identify as a music maker? Um, go ahead and start filling out your answers here. We're going to find out what's in the room, and we'll close it in about I don't know. Give it a minute. We'll give it a full minute. Um, as you can see, there's loyal audience member, meaning mm -hmm. that you prefer not to make music but to listen. There is a seasoned shower singer, meaning that. You know, the music's just there in your world and you maybe not share it with anyone, but but you do beat, tap your foot. You know, you, you are engaging with the sound and with the rhythm. Avid karaoke enthusiast. Um, this is someone who, you know, you are ready to sing, um, but you haven't really done it in a professional setting, meaning that you love, you love to sing with your family and you'll sing songs with your friends at the bar but um or whatnot but you haven't really like done it in a structured way um supportive member of the choir band this is someone who you've had some maybe more structured environments um as an art as, a, as an artist or as a music maker um but you prefer to just be in the support role maybe you were in the band in, in school growing up even that would maybe count here too um, and so you were in marching band, you were in choir and growing up, even if you hadn't done it in your adult life, if this happened at some point, you can maybe that I, I, you identify with. Um, a veteran with professional experience, we consider this is like, you definitely consider yourself an artist, even a professional artist. Maybe it's not what you're doing right now, or maybe it's taking a break, or it's just not your first priority. Um, and then there's a uh, case managing is your day job <laughs> and really um, you're a rock star. <laughs> you are, you are definitely doing the, the artist life, which Kate and I both, as you just heard earlier, we definitely are artists. We identify fully as artists and 
uh, and we're performing artists regularly. So if you're also finding yourself a performing artist regularly, um, you know. So, okay, look at what we got here. We have a lot of people who are music appreciators. We have a good handful uh, that are comfortable singing at, only with the windows closed at the traffic light in their car along to the radio, <laughs> the seasoned shower singer. Um, we have uh, the people who have some background but prefer to be in a supportive role. And then we have some that are here who are definitely performing artists and they I truly, fully uh, own that. And that's the, and they, you are all rock stars. But everyone here is a rock star. Just uh, mm -hmm. uh, we wanted to play with these fun ideas of ways to, to play with these, this poll. Okay, so the next question. Um, this is about your goals. Um, and this can be, you can pick more than one. Um, we wanted to know what's important to take away from music-centered engagement in this workshop. Is it um, specifically tools you want to bring to your clients, like one-on-one? -on -one? Is this tools you want to use for the colleagues, as in like amongst staff, caring for um, caring for the relationships with your colleagues? Is it for caring with self, um, self-care, caring for the caretaker? Is this if you're coming even thinking of it in a bigger place like team building like you might even see this coming into not just relationship with smaller relation not smaller relationship but like a one-to-one -one with your colleagues but instead like we want to bring this into our whole department and the handbook is is really the bigger side of that this is like this is not just a small thing for me i want to make this part of my practice part of my curriculum and you're welcome to choose more than one by the way um if you feel like all of these identified, that's great. If you feel like one over the other, you know, um, and uh, who knows, maybe you'll come in here looking for one and then you'll leave actually with a different one. <laughs> so, Kate, you want to read the results? I was going to guess the caring for this for self. Um, and that was the, that's the winner. Uh, I know it's 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 very much on a part of my life and my work, so I'm I'm grateful to to see that. I think it's so important that we care for ourselves when we're caring for others. Uh, it's essential, really. Client relationship uh, is fifty percent. Team building is twenty nine percent. Best practices for the handbook that's also um, thirty six percent, and colleague relationship is 21%. That's Beautiful. interesting. You know, I have to say not I in it's been a new thing for Urban Voices project and Kate can relate uh how much we're working a lot harder now on we're in a, we're in a phase of that this is a sidebar. We're in a phase called back to basics and we really wanted to focus in on colleague relationship and the synergy and culture sync amongst staff. Mm -hmm. Um so I, I appreciate that uh, that's something that sometimes takes a lot of the backseat as well. But once it's, you start focusing in on it, it's surprising the power can do. So, um, yeah. And there's been so much of a focus, as we all know, on mental health, our own mental health and the mental health of our communities um, this past year. And of course, there's also this next step of how do we re-enter, uh, reopen, how do we join with each other again as teams and colleagues and also meet with clients again? These are gonna be very important uh, 
things to be considering and caring caring for ourselves through and each other. So music is, we, we will find ways to use music and, and let music help us do that. Well, thank you, everyone. Really appreciate your participation in these polls. Um, so social emotional learning is a thing that works. How many, I, I wonder, how many people here have heard of social emotional learning before? Well, social and emotional learning is extremely um, powerful work that's happening also in the education spectrum. Um, but also it's uh, really a great way to kind of compartmentalize how we all develop with our socio-emotional um, skills and components. So I, I think kind of like looking at the top first, self-awareness, recognizing your own emotions and values and your strengths and challenges, um, self-management, you know, managing the emotions and behaviors to achieve your goals, uh, responsible decision-making, ethical and constructive choices and with personal and social behavior, relationship skills, forming pot that's at the bottom there, positive relationships, working in teams, dealing effectively with conflict, conflict management, um, and social awareness is truly the, the largest um, circle, I think. It's really showing understanding and empathy for others. And even though you might have heard it um, a lot uh, in, uh, what do you call it? Um, so uh, I wanted to just add that even though it's used, when you look it up, it's going to be used a lot in the education sector. It is something that I found through my experience working at the Urban Voices Project and Skid Row. I cannot believe how well this translates over to kind of a provider-client relationship as well. And the next thing I wanted to add is the adult SEL is basically the belief and the, 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 the truth that if we are trying to insist on SEL practices for our clients, um, but not practicing them ourselves, we actually could become detrimental to the process of working on our clients having stronger access to behavioral improvement and development. Um, so what my point is, is what you're doing right now is you are practicing, you are engaging in, you are uh, in the middle of doing your own SEL work as an adult. And whether it's um, a client, you know, a client provider relationship, adult youth relationship, whatnot. I'm not sure how many people here work with youth. Um, I think that it translates all across. And where did the arts intersect? Well, this is a lot of the work I do with um, LACO, Los Angeles County Office of Education, We where I work so specifically with school districts across the state um, as a keynote speaker to, t to bring this into the classroom with different engagements, similar to the engagements we're showing you now that can be done with multiple age levels, by the way. Um, and if you notice, we'll start putting, and you saw it earlier, I'm going to just go back. We'll start connecting this wheel to the engagements that you've seen. So if I go backwards, which uh, already with the chant, we have a little bit of self-management, self-awareness going on. The power of size got the same thing. This is that stepping into the self-care model. And this SEL wheel gives us the context to kind of discuss. And in other later music engagements, you'll notice a little line at the bottom that says SEL, this, that, you know. Um, I think 
this is definitely a great way to contextualize what part of our behavioral development we're working on for ourselves always as we all know it's a constant constant learning and as well as for our clients that we want to help them improve and develop in you know relationship with you um and their work finally kate if you want to speak to the ucla arts and healing um, oh. UCLA, yeah, right. Uh, within UCLA, there's an organization, a department called um, UCLA Arts and Healing, and they have their own emotion, social emotional arts training. And I recommend it's run by Ping Ho. And it's uh, a lot of creative arts therapists are involved in the faculty. It's, it's really fabulous. And it's, it's very um, accessible to you within the UCLA system. Great. So this is a great a bit of context you'll get through the training. And Kate, I'll let you speak to this next one. Great. Um, so I've gotten really interested in, as I said before, in my, in my intro in um, the nervous system and how the body and mind are, are connected. Um, and I heard about this uh, ACEs too high uh, a couple of years ago, and Nadine Burke Harris is a pediatrician, and she's actually California's Surgeon General, and she's a wonderful TED Talk um, about this. And the thing that I love about this work is that she um, she's really brought it to the forefront. This this idea that adverse childhood experiences, things that happen as we are developing our brains and our bodies, uh, if there's a certain level of stress, a toxic level of stress then we do not develop normally, typically. And so this leads to um, health problems as adults, but it also leads to children not being able to participate in certain areas of, um, of, their, of, their, of their growing up. And that can lead to certain behaviors that we are going to end up seeing in our clients um, who are dealing with mental health challenges. So I wanted to bring it to your attention if you were not already aware and encourage um, uh, further exploration if this, if, if, if this piques your interest. Um, in this looking through uh, of uh, researching this for, for you, I also learned about positive and adverse childhood experiences. So of course, we're always wanting to balance. Um, things out. And so there are organizations now that are also doing that. There are positive things that also happened in childhood, which is often why uh, we've developed um, healthy uh, patterns as well. And one of the things that's so important to, for us to know as clinicians is that it just takes one person, one person who's safe and stable and nurturing in the relationships that you're creating and you're establishing and maintaining with your clients right now, you may be that one person. And that one person is providing an opportunity um, for oxytocin, the love chemical, uh, to occur. And uh, according to Nadine Burkeris, um, this actually, the oxytocin can, can reverse some of the damage that's caused um, by stress. So this is really important for us to know. And that nurturing, the kind of nurturing that we, that we do, um, really this nurturing care can really change us and change our clients all the way down to our DNA. And that's a, that's, that was a powerful thing for me to hear uh, from someone who is a pediatrician 
that, that we can make this kind of change. And, and there is a lot of research right now um, about music um, releasing uh, positive neurochemicals, positive feeling, neurochemicals that make us feel good. The feel good neurochemicals, including and especially oxytocin. So this is one of the justifications and reasons that we're bringing um, music into the picture here. Um, and Leah, you can go to the next slide. Another piece of the same puzzle uh, involves the body. Um, and Bessel van der Kolk uh, wrote this book uh, several years ago that really talks about, again, that relationship between the body and the mind. Often we think someone with a mental health, mental illness or mental health challenge is just in their minds, but we know, we know that, that the body and the mind are, are, are intricately connected. And the thing that blew me away about this work was related to shame. The idea that when we're in trauma, when we've been re-traumatized, when we've been triggered, there are certain areas of the brain that go offline. And so those are the areas of the brain that will, will not allow us. They don't, they don't, we don't have the resources that we would need to think about, to process, um, to, to plan, right? So that those areas of the brain are offline. And so the idea that I could have done or I should have done uh, are, are eliminated in, in, in this perspective that the body is doing what it, what it has been uh, evolved to do, which is to protect us. And many of the folks that we know who have been traumatized, they lose their ability to be able to function in these moments. And I think we know that, we've heard that from, from them and, and we've seen that, but this really shows, shows it in, in the science. And so our goal um, is to figure out ways when we see one, our clients in, one of, in a state where their, their parts of their brain are offline, our, our job is to find ways to bring more of the brain online so that we can do the work to help them to repair. Um, and to heal and to grow. So music, again, is one of those things, it's one of the only things other than being immersed in water that stimulates the entire brain. So through a music activity, we can bring someone back to their own resources so that they can participate in the, the work that we're doing with them. We'll go to the next one. Yeah, and I just wanna add that these pieces that Kate is saying about how music stimulates the whole brain, these have been in, done in studies and we'll be happy to share those articles later where you can see the the scientific practice that, and how the, the studies were, were even practiced to find these in really fascinating pieces. Um, and this is something that Bessel van der Kolk also says, mental illness and PTSD are about broken connections and treatment is about healing connections. So we'll be sharing that with you again, ways that we can bring in music-centered um, engagements that you can do uh, to work to create more healing in these connections. Um, the last thing I wanted to talk about in terms of the mind and the body, the, the context for this is the nervous system. And there's a lot of words on this page, <laughs> but we all know about fight, freeze and fight and flight and, and then social engagement. The social nervous system is, is ideally where we're going. 
Um, and as we spoke about in the beginning, it's not so much that we want people to be happy or to calm down, but to begin to get to know their own nervous system and, and how, to, how it reacts. And what does it feel like when I'm in freeze? What does it feel like when I'm in fight or flight? And what can I do to, what are some of the um, regulation techniques that I can use to bring my body into the appropriate level of stress that is necessary for the situation that I'm in. And often we talk about that as the social nervous system. Um, so there's a lot of thing work that's being uh, done right now about the vagus nerve, which is so much in the center of the body. And then that sometimes that reacts first and then it informs the mind or the brain that something is going on. And this idea that you've heard uh, move a muscle, change a thought, you know, the idea that if I move my body, I can change what's happening in my mind. But there's also guided imagery and music and, and the things that can happen in my mind can also have an impact on my body. So always remembering this connection that, um, that goes both ways. Um, Stephen Porges talks about polyvagal theory and he's really looking at the science of compassion. And again, you're gonna see things about oxytocin um, and managing stress in a way that we can really be, um, be more uh, present and effective with each other. Um, my favorite learning in this last year or so is from Lumos Transforms and the Resilience Toolkit. And they just got a contract with DHS. And I think we're gonna be hearing a lot more about them and their work. And this is the same, the same kind of stuff, but really practical, simple, simple exercises that we can do. And similar to the sigh that we were doing in the beginning, elongating the exhale, working with the breath, ways that we can um, use the body, work with the body, and learn to assess ourselves and where we are uh, so that we can build our own capacity to, to be working in, in social justice and the work that we do that is very demanding. Um, and then as we mentioned before about around community agreements, that slide, there's uh, restorative justice, restorative approaches that are also really geared towards how do we get people into the resilient zone so that they can um, they can change their behavior and, and ultimately change their lives. And music will always be a bridge for, for all, of these, all of these things. We'll always, Liav and I will always be able to find ways to, to bring music into this practice. And uh, the, I think this is uh, the last thing. We, we all know about trauma-informed care. And then um, Lumos Transforms has, has another level of embodied or trauma-informed uh, resilience oriented and but but Sean Ginwright uh, was one of the first ones to, to to move away from just trauma informed not move away but just it, the next step is healing centered engagement and this is where we got the idea of music centered engagement we got that term it's not about what's wrong but what's working like how is it that me having gone through what I've gone through am standing here talking with you how did I, how did we do it? And focusing with our clients on the things that are working, the things that are, that are their superpowers, um, these, these kind of things. And, and again, the, not just the adverse childhood experiences, but the positive childhood experiences. And really, uh, again, bringing music in to embody these ideas 
um, so that we have the thought of it, but then we can bring, let the music, the rhythm, the groove, the melodies, the tones, the harmonies, uh, the lyrics, bringing it into the body in ways that we can actually make change. I want to just take a moment to pause and allow us to receive all of this, not as content, and Kate, I'm using your words, but as content. Mm -hmm. Um, so these slides will be available to you. I'll even take a minute to review them here so you guys can just just take a moment of review. There's that social-emotional learning and looking at the different levels of behavioral development here. The ACEs, and as you heard, PACEs as well. Um, how the body and trauma is interconnected. Um, and then, of course, you know, understanding that something that how the nervous system goes both ways. And um, these extra pieces here, I think, are just really important for us to just understand the con the context of it. But if you want to find dive deeper into the content, you know, again, these will be tool uh, resources that you guys can jump into on your own that you might find that you embrace in your own way. Um, so I also want to ask these questions for everything we do um, with these upcoming music uh, engagements. How is um, this engagement for me, meaning you, the caregiver? Um, how does this um, engage with you, meaning the individual you're working directly with in relationship for um, them? With us, so group, I'm not, how many people here by show of hands or in the chat, how many of you work with groups, by the way? Um, any kind of small group kind of work in any sense? I'm seeing Melinda a little bit. Um, I see James, great. Yeah, I think that everyone's got a different level of how they interact with their clients. Um, as I, I saw that we have caretakers, we have social case managers, um, peer counselors, so I'm just, recognizing nurse practitioners i'm recognizing we have different levels of engagement so some of these i, I think everything that we do we, we just have to keep asking how can this translate for me with you with us or for you and for you lastly is what can you share with your colleagues with your clients as something they can do for themselves later and how do you facilitate that? How do you be able to say, you know, this sign thing for, I mean, I'm just gonna use a sign thing, for example, if we can take a moment, I'm gonna veer all the way back to get getting there. Give me a second. It's gonna be worth it, I promise. Um, <laughs> but um, how can you take this and look at it for me, for you, or with you, with us or for you, right? The sign right now, I needed it myself in the for me. So this is a self-care. The with you, this is a, an, a very simple exercise you can be doing with just that one individual, maybe as a way to just transition from them getting from the waiting room of wherever they've been. I don't know if people are meeting now more in person than they have before or if you're still online. But whether it's a virtual waiting room or whether it's a real waiting room, how maybe you start the space and it might come to just like, hey, welcome. I'm so happy to see you this week. You want to just take a minute with, and we could sigh together and just do a little practice to get like get ready for our time together. And 
by the way, you had me playing piano. And so some, a lot of people here, we saw, uh, there's a majority here that are thinking of themselves as music listeners versus music makers, perhaps. So um, what can you do? You can find great YouTube links for great songs that are, you can type in meditation music. You can type in, um, you know, relaxation beats, kind of keywords like that. And you might find your own favorite thing that has a structure to it that you could breathe to, breathe into and breathe out to. And guess what? You never had to touch an instrument. You never had to make a single bit of music. You just put music in the space. Um, you could do the same thing when you're doing it with your client. You could do the same thing when you're working with your team. Kate and I start all of our all staff meetings with Urban Voices Project with an engagement. We start our board meetings with an engagement. Um, uh, it's part of our diversity, equity, inclusion and as well to, to, to work with our board, our staff and our clients all at the same level of engagement so that we're all kind of one larger community. And the way that you practice sometimes with staff are like, we just go straight to work. We don't actually hold space for ourselves as a team. So that's the with us. And finally, for you, you know, allowing, encouraging others and each other to take this home with them. Um, you know, if we're all doing it for ourselves, it helps us to encourage others. Just like I said earlier, the adult SEL, there's a, there was this huge study and all these people that were asked to get their um, clients and their students to participate in development behavioral engagements and they didn't themselves were not doing it and so of course their clients didn't have it was actually making it worse it, it created a lot of doubt around the the the, the effectivity the effectiveness excuse me um, but once they had a different study group that was asking all of the practitioners and facilitators to be practicing it themselves modeling it um, it had a huge huge compounded effects in a positive way so Every single engagement, you know, to just have that lens of of how is it working for me, with you, with us, and for you. And now I'm going to click all the way back. Other last thing, the three stages of your voice of finding your voice. We're going to speak more to that next week, but I just because it's we're going to be doing a little bit more music making next week, which I'm really excited about. Um, and I want, I just want to acknowledge the people that are, Kate and I have, have done another uh, workshop called Unleashing Your Voice, um, because there's a lot of stigma out there about the, the ability that you have or the stigmas you have around your ability to sing. I say stigmas because uh, I personally fight the idea that anyone cannot sing. Uh, it's just waiting to be found. Um, mm -hmm. Me too. Yeah, and we are we are fighting that fight in Skid Row all the time. And it's great because you have a lot of people, by the way, who are incredible artists, but a lot of people who didn't realize that they're allowed to sing. Someone in their youth told them they didn't have a good voice. I always say the same thing. Everyone, think of your three, your four-year-old self. Did your four-year-old self think that you were a bad singer? Did your four-year-old self ever think for one minute that you can't sing if you go back that deep you'll find that hopefully if you pull out those adverse childhood experience of someone some choir director or someone saying like 
get out of this choir or whatever it was that happened, you'll find that when you go all the way back to the beginning, there's not a single child in that part, in that stage of their life that thinks that they can't sing. There's not a single child until they've been told that truly believes that they can't sing. So we'll talk more about the finding the three stages of finding your, uh, uh, the, exploring the three stages of finding your voice. Um, so speaking of today, since we're going to be doing more finding your voice next week, today we're going to take us into an engagement that's more about appreciating and listening. So um, we'll do more finding of the voice next week, but this week I'm going to have Kate take over to lead us in what is one of the most powerful engagements you can do song share and i just before i hand it off i just want to say kate introduced this to me and it has been one of the most powerful programs we do at um urban voices project and skid row and i've taken this and stolen it and brought it a bunch of places anyways kate go ahead it's it's open to be to be used and and uh and tried on there's no no stealing involved Um, and I and I noticed here I was just looking at at my other <clears throat> document over here and I, I realized we we uh, this is an opportunity we have to talk about the um, social social emotional learning we didn't put one of these on here uh, I think that it's self awareness I think that it's self management I think that it's uh, relationship skills. I think social awareness is a huge one too. Yep. Relationship. What I like about this one is I like how it kind of hits all of them. But for me, the concept that you're sharing, um, it works on the one-on-one space. But I want to say for those that work with groups, this this is really powerful working with a group on with this activity as well as mm-hmm. one. Yeah. Um, so I just want to just really echo the social awareness God, I can't tell you how many music, we, we do these programs called Music Labs Weekly, and Kate will do a song share program, and it takes up the whole hour, and just tears and emotions and affirmations and support and love happen in that hour. Mm-hmm. It becomes stories that people talk about for years. I would still have clients to be like, oh, I remember that one time we did that. <laughs> so, <laughs> it is beautiful. Right, and and so in the very in the very basic most basic way, um, song share is that we invite people to bring in a song that's meaningful to them. If they don't bring one in, then we can have a, an iPad or a, a, some sort of a device where we can look on YouTube or or the di- Spotify, the different places that we have <clears throat> music streaming, and um, find the song and play it. And so for someone who doesn't have um, a sense of or, or any, a confidence level of being a musician uh, yet uh, this is a, this is an easily accessible um, uh, tool to to use to u- using music to create this connection so in the most basic way uh, form of this we have people to bring in a song that either they're they, they've just thought about it or it's been carrying through them through the day or through a hard time or through their lives, something that's meaningful to them. They bring in the song, the name, the artist. And uh, what always stuns me about this is the ownership that people feel about the song. So bring in the song and we listen. The role of the group or the others in the room or for us is simply to listen, to listen and be present 
for the person um, who is sharing the song. They are invited to tell why the song is important to them or, uh, or not, whatever they would like, they, they have this moment. And so there's something about sitting together in the room and listening. And that people are always watching the individual who has chosen the song. So maybe they, 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 maybe they wanna sing along with it, but you can see them differently by watching them and witnessing them and being present for them, sharing a song that's meaningful. So that, and, and, then, and then that's it. There's not really necessarily any feedback unless someone in the group wants to ask someone a question about the song. So it's really for this moment, the person is, is the center of attention and, and care and curiosity and love. And that's how it is. And then we go, go around the room and everybody gets a chance to do that. Another layer of that is um, based on, on work by Joanne Lowy, who is uh, in New York City music therapist, and her work is called Song Sensitation, and something I learned in my internship with her. So you choose the, the client, chooses the song, we listen together. Next step is to, to write down the lyrics and to, to look together at the lyrics, to read them together, and, um, and, and then listen to the song again. And then after listening to the song with that level of focus, talking about the lyrics again, exploring the meaning, what words jump out. Um, and then the next step, you can do that say three times listening and what, what, what surfaces each time you listen. Um, next step would be to sing along with the original recording and, um, and inviting them to sing along uh, if they are comfortable with you singing along as well, then you have that shared experience. And then you notice and discuss the meaning of the song now that you've taken it to this next level. Um, for, for then musicians, and they might be a musician and they can be encouraged to do this even if you're not. Um, the next is to transcribe the music or find the sheet music online or in, 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 in other ways that you can find the sheet music and learn how to play it and then playing the song together, and then, then improvising, playing around, playing the song, then playing around the song, maybe inviting them to change lyrics or write a new verse. Um, then they get to really own it. And the relationship that you can develop, the places you will go because of the music itself, um, I will just say will surprise you. Uh, there's just ways that we can focus on major issues that someone is not often willing to talk about by focusing on the music. Rather than just on them, we focus together on the music and some really wonderful things can occur. Um, so the song that I chose today uh, was um, Bridge Over Troubled Water. And this is, uh, this is a song that I, I grew up knowing um, by, uh, that was by Simon and Garfunkel. Uh, and then when I joined Urban Voices Project, I learned um, another version, an Aretha Franklin version uh, of this song, which really blew me away. It took the song to a whole other level. And the, um, I'm gonna ask Leah, Leah you, you played, you'd played just a little bit of it um, at the very beginning of the, 
of uh, when we were just joining the, the class today. Uh, I'd like you to play just a snippet of it now. Uh, just We could just hear the intro. Okay, here it comes. I also just putting a quick thing. Kate was mentioning about going to um, learn to play it and find the sheet music. Uh, guess what? If you're not a sheet music person and you don't know how to read, go to YouTube and type in the title with karaoke track. Nice. And so I'll put that here. That's always a great trick for those that feel like you don't know how to play or you haven't mm-hmm. played it yet. Karaoke track is your new golden word that you can now find instrumental tracks of all these songs and that you can then let your client sing over however they want to sing over and improvise. Mm-hmm. Karaoke track is your, is your way in. Right. And then it goes into when you're weary, feeling small. It goes into the verse that, that we might, uh, for those who know this song, um, you might be more familiar with that. But boy, what a wonderful uh, beginning. So we would, we would listen to that together. And then we would look at the words. Don't trouble the water. Leave it alone. Why don't you? Why don't you let it be? Still waters run deep. Yes, they do. Oh yeah. What does that mean? What are, what, what, in what way might, does trouble fit with water, right? And these kind of, think about what, what, what questions do you have about these lyrics? What questions do you have for me about why I chose this song, right? Why, um, and how would how could we use these lyrics as a way to explore perhaps something um, that's going on? Um, the the next step uh, and and please in the in the in the um, in the chat uh, write write these write these questions that you might have. How could how would we do a lyric analysis here? How would we look at this together? Um, and again, as I said, not focusing on each other, but together focusing on the words. Still waters run deep. What does that mean? How do we get there? And then the next piece would be um, to, to, to sing it, to, to sing along with it, right? So, <clears throat> don't trouble the water. Leave it alone, why don't you, why don't you let it be? Still waters run deep, yes they do. Oh yeah, try it with me. Don't trouble the water. Leave it alone, why don't you, why don't you? Let it be still waters run deep. Yes, they do. Oh yeah. Now we'll do it one more time before I'm gonna actually invite Leah to um, kick it up a notch. And uh, I'm gonna invite us to um, play with the uh, the line. Leave it alone, leave it alone, leave it alone. Try it again. Leave it alone. Yeah, one more. Leave it alone. Right, there we go. Now let's try, um, 
last bit. Oh, yeah. And maybe you can hear harmonies to that. Oh, yeah. And even if you don't know what I'm talking about in terms of harmonies, um, it's okay. Just what is it? How do we how do we say that or sing that uh, in a way that I know that you mean it? Oh yeah, again. Oh yeah, one more. Oh yeah. Now go to the very top. Here we go. Don't trouble the water leave it alone why don't you why don't you let it be yes till water from deep yes they do now give it all oh Beautiful. So, so my music skills can bring us to that level. Now, Leo, could you bring it to a place where we need to move while we sing it? You mean with drum beat? <laughs> yeah. All right. So, guys, if you guys do me a favor, don't trouble the water. Leave it alone. Why don't you? Why don't you let it be? Still waters run deep. Still waters run deep. Yeah, yes, they do. Yeah. Oh, yeah. When you're weary, feeling small. When tears are in your eyes, I'll dry. Why don't you let it be? Yeah. Still waters run deep. Still waters run deep. Yes, they do. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Will you guys do me a favor and snap for me? Yeah. Snap for me, please. On two and four. And if you don't know what that means, it's okay. Just try to follow. You're gonna be okay. Just snap and to the left. And to the right, and to the left, and to the right, and to the left, and very good. Now do me a favor, snap up to the sky, snap up to the sky, snap down to the ground, snap down to the ground, then snap close to the camera, let me see your pedicures or your lack of, then close to the camera, let me see your nice...
And then my favorite, lean back all the way. Come on, lean back. Let your chair go. Let me see it. Lean back. Yes. Hey, lean back. Don't throw the water. Ooh. Leave it alone. Why don't you? Why don't you let it be? Don't trouble the water. Leave it alone. Why don't you? Why don't you? Woo! There it is. Yeah, so noticing. Let's take a moment here. Let's like check in. What does that feel like? We all just, if you were all singing along, we all took breaths in the exact same spaces because that's what singing does. And so when mm -hmm. we're all breathing at the same places, our heartbeats start to align. And so even though we are virtual right now, we have literally synchronized our heart rates together. Can you believe that? How yeah. we have so physically connected right now more than any other moment in this two hours, quite literally, anatomically. Mm -hmm. So that's also what music can do. I mean, maybe there's like a, you know, 0.5 second delay of your heart rate because of Zoom, but you get my point. <laughs> the, tempos, <laughs> the tempos are the same. <laughs> And I'm reading this. I'm reading the chat here. Just appreciating this. More training mm -hmm. all music. The cat is enjoying it. <laughs> Freedom, light, fun. I did not want to let it be. <laughs> <laughs> um, happy, uh, very in peace. How much of the positive feeling stem from the choice and performance of the song? It's just such a great question. Um, and I actually think that. Uh, I don't think it's in this next slide. I have to go look, but I we actually wanted to address that in one of the slides, mm -hmm. which was um, I think that's in it's in for next week, isn't it? Yeah. Um, so next week we were going to address we have um, a whole thing about what if music is not the entry point or the negative impacts of music, which some of them are stigmas that we want to debunk, but also other ones of them talk about how music can sometimes act as an enhancer sometimes act as an intensifier of a feeling and so you know depending on the piece sometimes it can intensify a feeling so there's been question about does it intensify depression if you're listening to that song we're going to explore more of that in next week's training i say thank you for that question and i also say come back next week <laughs> for more and and it's also I, I'm what I'm what I'm hearing also in the quest in the question is um, also like maybe how to create uh, the performance that that would that that can support the feelings that are that in this case were positive. So yes, music can uh, and we can help us to entrain with the uh, with the feelings, the emotions that we have, and it can also move them uh, in, in different directions. And that are what, things we're gonna talk about next uh, is about mood music and creating playlists or mood groove. Um, but, but yes, James, this is really important. And again, this is the song that I chose, right? And so this is what I wanted to create for us. And even the original version doesn't have this level of energy and 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 groove and and way that we can we can feel what we feel now it has a different more mellow kind of kind of um 
way about it with the Simon and Garfunkel version. version. So yes, it, it, it has a lot to do with the song choice and, and the performance of it. I want to just add to that too, that, you know, finding a video of a performance that you really found love, you know, it, it's doing the research and searching for the piece is half the fun sometimes. And you guys can do it together too, you know, mm -hmm. um, so half the time, 25% of my time in song share, someone comes in, they had their song ready, but they didn't know how, like it was new for the room. So we didn't know how it goes and they didn't know how to find the link. So we were sitting in there and we had, we were all YouTubing together and literally going and finding it together. And that was part of the experience as well. And you run into multiple versions and performances and it's really inspiring. You see different covers and it's just a, it's a part of the process. It really is. Mm -hmm. And sometimes people are really not able to speak their emotions, but they are able to play a song that reveals what's really going on. And uh, it's one of the reasons that this is really effective. Um, and it's not easy necessarily. The, the, fo the folks that we work with often have very challenging things that they're dealing with and music is a way to express it, to have a container for it. Uh, and then within you know, certain, certain ways we can help them to take ownership of it and to, to make, make, take some control over, over it and, and change the situation if, if needed. Um, but it's really a powerful, powerful way to, to use music and to let music do what it does. I also want to mention that Melinda was even just saying, like, I was feeling sluggish and I feel energy. And how often does music need to be there to change um, how you feel? And how often does music need to be there to just be with you as you feel? Um, so that's also a space that we can, I mean, music can be used for both. M music can change and bridge you to a new stage of your emotion. But music also can be that moment where you have someone saying, I know you're grieving and I'm not here to cheer you up. I'm here to grieve with you. And music does that work in a very special way, um, which takes us to the, the second engagement we wanted to share with you today. And we have more engagements for next week that we want to explore. Um, so, I want to talk about that an expansion on song share. Like, how, what, how often have you guys listened to a whole album top to bottom or a whole record? Sorry, my camera's doing weird things. Um, how many of you guys listen to a record top to bottom? When's the last time you've done something like that? Anyone remember? I think even for myself to have listened to something top down, first of all, might have to be multitasking music theater soundtracks mm -hmm. my yep. person think that how the intentional listening and the active listening that we're asking in this in the way that it develops you know that self-awareness that self-management the um social awareness to each other i think it has a lot to do with what we sometimes have left behind by not listening not just sitting and listening to music we are now only turning on music in the shower or doing the dishes or chores, which is also positive and should always continue. But to create a space where you're like, we're just going to sit down and we're going to spend 10 minutes just listening to your favorite song and my favorite song. I mean, and listening to the whole song. These days, radio edits are like three minutes and that's it. There's no... <laughs> Songs are no longer what they used to be, where they can go on for seven minutes. That Aretha Franklin track there alone is five minutes and 30 seconds. 
Doesn't that feel long for a song these days? Um, when I was speaking earlier about, you know, the do, is the songs, you know, used to transform emotion or to just be with you in emotion happens and comes up a lot. And I'm very happy that you, I'm very grateful that you brought that up. Um, there's a lot of people who found music that is a trigger and it's going to be um, something that reminds them of a past loved one or of a very abusive relationship. Maybe that was the song that brought that up. We, we, we've run into that a lot actually in our spaces where we would be completely surprised with what the songs do. Church music can be very powerful for some and very triggering for others who felt rejected by the church. And so you bring someone brings in a Jesus loves me song um, and and is all about that in an almost evangelist way. And then you have and of course, in our clinical spaces, most of the time we're non-denominational unless, you know, there's maybe different scenarios if you're um, dep I'm not, not sure all of your guys' spaces. Our spaces are frankly non-denominational, so we welcome everything, but we also are always having like that disclosure when we do share a sacred song, like this is a sacred song and you can translate this to your entity that you that you follow slash if or just appreciate for the music around it. So we do do sacred and secular, but we always usually have that disclosure that we're a non-denominational space. I'm getting sidetracked here. My point is, is that, you know, there are surprises. Sometimes it could surprise you what could end up being a trigger. Kate, do you want to speak to that? Yes, uh, it's it's always going to be subjective. I, I, early in my career, I was asked to create um, a, a soothing playlist of music for people. And I couldn't ever find one group of songs that didn't trigger at least one person. Oh, that happened when I heard that, that song happened to be on when this happened in my life and I can't hear that song. So it's, it's, I think it's impossible and, and naive for us to consider that we will ever know the power a song will have on every single person in the room. Um, and so the idea, and, and, and thank you for mentioning that because um, it would have been uh, important for me to set that up as well for that this may bring up whatever it brings up and all of that is, is important information for us individually and as a group that we can get to know each other better and accept and know that music gets in and it does what it does to each of us differently. It's a wonderful way to share our differences and to appreciate and acknowledge and honor them. One practice that will always be the two practices I think that will take you through that is one making the time. Like I said, we've done this activity over a whole hour. So the fact that Kate and I are trying to do it with you guys in a window version of 20 minutes, um, it doesn't it doesn't even do the, the activity justice. And we would do it with each one of us taking turns. Um, so we're not able to get that um, happening in our limited time together. Um, if you ever guys wanted to come to a Urban Voices Project music lab, wellness music lab, they're free, by the way, and you want to do a song share activity, you know, get in touch with us and we'll invite you. Um, but I do want to say, one, making the time and space, and two, the community agreements that we shared earlier um, at the top, if you guys remember that slide, that's another powerful uh, role, that, that plays another powerful role in creating the space. So that we know that we are safe and, and 
or at least, I mean, I know there's safe space versus brave space con con conversation out there, but but at least we know that we're in a space where we'll be able to um, speak clearly and honestly and truthfully to what's authentic um, in what's happening. And that's how we hold that space. And our role as facilitator uh, for this kind of activity is to always welcome, to always be curious, whatever emotion, whatever memories, whatever um, other ideas come up uh, with when a music when music is put into the space. I'm going to, I, I, and we're we're happy to stay after for. I, I can stay out. Kate and I can stay after for a few questions. Um, and I wish we had more time for questions, but we're just going to come to a close, start to land the plane soon. So um, we w we wanted to try to get to this one today. We didn't get a chance. So um, this is a, a, a second engagement, which is similar, but different. It's creating your playlist. This is uh, one of the things we are a part of is we're proud members of the Skid Row Arts Alliance. It's an alliance of arts organizations in Skid Row. And we have an arts and wellness Skid Row magazine that goes out every two week, every two months. So um, this was our contribution to the magazine a couple issues ago, and it was building your playlist for your mood groove. Um, so we were going to send this out to you. And if anyone wants to do a little bit of this um, activity for yourself and bring it back next week, we can share it out a little bit next week. Um, it's very simple and it's straightforward taking the time to bookmark which songs do you do what for your mood. And so these are different moods that you have here, different, um, you know, cards that represent, and you might pick three that are your, you know, your magic sauce for that mood, et cetera, et cetera. Um, so we'll send this out and we're, we're hoping to experience um, the pleasure of your guys' company again next week. And so we'll take a little bit of time next week to see if, anybody had some time to ponder over these together um so this especially, is especially yeah especially for the people who put self-care um uh, as as one of their goals for this workshop this this would be homework for you uh to create a, a playlist um maybe even just one uh, of of what do you have here leah four songs three three four five songs that go into that playlist that is particularly about a mood that you would like to be in absolutely so earlier when we said for me with you with us for you and i apologize my camera is glitching very badly right now um but this is a space where we're we're, we're offering a for you mm -hmm. um next week we're planning to discuss some of these questions. What if music's not an entry point? What if I can't sing? Finding vo in the three stages of finding your voice. Um, and we're also planning to do, we'll, we'll open up the mood playlist a little bit, as well as explore more of writing um, your own and creating music making with your creating your own chants and songwriting activities, as well as a little bit of role playing we'll be able to do and hold the space together. So I, I, I imagine that next week we'll be doing a lot more practice together um, and playing with music and expressing. Here's just a little review of what we've done. Um, and I just can't say enough how grateful we've been to have you for these two hours. Um, here's some information on where you can find more of our resources and the work we've done. Uh, a big thank you 
for joining us. We hope we see you next week. Kate, if you want to add any closing words before we go. Um, no, that was beautiful. I, I really look forward to singing with you and playing with you next week. Uh, and the questions that we were talking about in the beginning, you know, how, what's the difference between listening to music and listening to conversation, these kind of conversations, if you could think about how they bubble up um, during the week along with any other references or curiosities about social emotional learning, ACEs, the body, the nervous system, whatever, noticing what stays with you and stays curious. And uh, so we'll be looking forward to ways next week to really uh, um, give you tools to use these inspirational um, activities in your work and in your life.